Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, your host, Angelica. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is part two, living with a learning disability, my life through grades four and eight. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let's see what I remember from grade four. And this is why I decided to do from grade four to eight, because I probably don't remember from grade four and five, but more mainly six, seven, and eight. Um, so grade four, my goodness, all I can say is that the school board uh, has initiated, continued, sorry, on with the special ed classes. Um, basically what it means is children with a learning disability or a disability are all in one classroom and um, from all different classes, all different grades come together and they basically see what you need to work on and they try to help you out. Did I find this useful? I don't think so, to be honest, but I did have decent marks. So I think it was useful in a way where the work was kind of done for me. Um, but did I learn anything? I don't think I remember much, to be honest. Um, but the one thing I, I didn't like was, um, when the teacher would say, okay, well, this is the assignment. We're going to take whatever 30 minutes of these or 45 minutes to accomplish the assignment. But any of them who, any students who are, um, special ed need to head downstairs to their, um, classrooms. And that's what kind of irritated me all throughout my years, especially in high school, was that we were labeled as the special ed students and we had to go down and get extra assistance. And, you know, it was just point out blank right there. And (laughs) okay, I'm just going to head down because I'm special. And it was always those um, smart remarks from peers that, oh, it's because you're special. You're special. You're so dumb. You didn't know anything. And um, it's you know, I can't say it's like, I don't know how to explain that part of it, but it was a lot of verbals of that sort of content. And it's just, it wasn't cool. Honestly, it wasn't. Um, obviously that age, do you think I was proud of myself and confident? Not really. I was very shy and it was hard for me to make those friends. And, um, I can't say I was popular, obviously. And, um, you know, it was a lot of self-consciousness, especially when you're that special ed student, you're kind of labeled as something else, unfortunately. And hearing other peers of being made fun of, and it was just, you know, that's the part of the elementary school where it gets so fun and fascinating. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. I focused a lot on sports because I loved sports. I loved playing any type of sport. I was involved in every type of sport. Um, It was a busy schedule for me, track on the mornings and after school would be basketball, um, volleyball on this day, you know, it was, I kept myself busy in that way. I love to run. I love doing long distance running. I did track. Oh, so forth and so forth. Uh, music class, I can say it was very helpful because, um, I guess, cause you're actually doing something with your hands. It was easier for me to kind of grasp on with the music. I played the flute and I remember playing it really well. It was a lot of practicing, but it was fun because it was a hands-on, um, subject, right? Science, I could care less about science, to be honest, at that time. I really did not like it. I did not like it at all. I couldn't grasp anything. 
what can I say about my development? My development, okay. So my development through those years was slowly progressing, but nothing significant, right? Um, it was still a struggle. Tests and quizzes was still one of those things. Even till this day, I get so much anxiety. I put so much pressure. My mind goes crazy. I suffer through headaches. And it's just like, why can't I remember anything? Why can't I remember anything? And this is where my mom obviously was my, my supporter. And she was just like, you just got to put your mind to it. <laughs> I was always the same thing. You got to have faith. You got to be positive that you can do it. You know, it's only you that can determine that you can do it. No one else is going to do it for you. Um, So having her kind of constantly tell me the same thing over and over again, you know, it gets tiring. You kind of get fed up. And especially when you're entering those teenage years, you're just like, you know, screw this. I'm not going to listen to her. I'm tired of the same thing over and over again. I'm tired of being made fun of because I was special. And people just don't understand it and probably till this day kids are being teased who knows like it's something that's something that's never going to go away my confidence wasn't there i hated doing public speaking i hated reading out in front of the classroom i enjoyed reading out when i was in uh, sunday school because you know i felt like high and mighty there (laughs) you know everyone kind of looked up to me as like wow she's a good reader in spanish but english i didn't really have any much but you know we did through more evaluations and like i said in the previous episode government does a grade six literacy test so once again it's the assessment of reading writing and mathematics for the junior division from grades four and six tests of reading writing and math skills students are expected to have learned by the end of grade six students write this test during a two-week testing window in may and june each year um so i remember writing this test and I'm not going to lie, it was pretty difficult for me because I do remember that, to be honest. Um, I have a clear image of that. I was in a regular classroom, writing it out. I had no exemptions. Um, I said for writing, I remember. But math, I did it in class and all the other stuff I did in class. Um, do I remember me getting a decent grade? I don't think so because that's where they have to do reevaluations of um getting phys- uh, specialists in there and um kind of reevaluating where i'm at if i had a hearing problem did through cat scan you know um went through psychiatrists as well i think that was part of it and just trying to diagnose what i had and they have always said yeah you do have a learning disability they've asked me specific questions like you know what happens when you read a question that you don't know the answer to? You know, they'll ask you questions like that, I remember. But nothing, you know, really stating which learning disability that I had, right? So it came to terms where they still was, okay, you know, we have you have a learning disability, but we don't know what type of learning disability. I know they mentioned a lot of dyslexia. I could read, but... I would daydream a lot. I would doze off because I wasn't really, my mind couldn't focus on the topic. And then I had um, ADD, you know, you can't sit there for too long. 
um you're you just go crazy and you just have to get up you always have to be on the go and this is why sports was perfect because i was in a sport practice every single day and it had a busy schedule before school after school monday to thursday it was just go 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 and that's what my mind was able to handle um but when it came to school it was really difficult um i managed to catch up i managed to ask my older brother for some help but you know he had his own problems too and um he was already in high school so it, you know there's not much help there my mom tried to help me as much as i can i try to get by through all the classes because at the end of the day you're just looking for that pass like everyone says um like you know it's it wasn't easy uh, math was one of my main struggles because i couldn't memorize i couldn't remember anything but when it came to geometry because of shapes and you know finding like area and perimeter i was really good at that uh, geometry because of the creativeness i was able to um be creative and you know remember cities and countries and learn more about canada which you end up learning anyway in those grades i found it was so much easier because it's something that i enjoyed learning um art class i was really good at art i started noticing that i had a creative side of me in art classes my dad used to come home with um construction drawings and i would be so intrigued to see how a house is designed and that's where my passion comes from architecture which we'll talk more in future episodes um but technology you know when my brother first got his computer I was so intrigued by it Every, anything that was hands-on this was like the part of my life where i started to develop that creativity inside of me that i wanted to um pursue i wanted to show it off i wanted to like okay if the reading and writing is not going to work then the creative side of me is going to make it work somehow this was the part where I developed that passion for design, for interior design. I used to watch interior design shows with my mom. I used to love to draw. I used to love to sketch. And this is where my mom let me develop my creative side, my imagination. She was very supportive on all of that. My dad used to always say to me, you have a special gift it's being creative like you can be an architect you can be an engineer you can be an interior designer you can be you know a plans examiner like you can be anything that has to do with the creativity or an artist so or even a graphic designer right i'm not sure if i said that but you know this was the point in time of my life where i thought okay i have something besides the sports I have something that I can work with. And by grade seven, that's when I finally found that the special ed classes weren't working out for me. It was just there, just a the guide to help you go through everything and then just focus on my creativity. That's where I started to develop my own persona as being creative and finding something, my niche, that I can use it as a career in the future. I did love sports. I loved volleyball, basketball. 
I had the speed. I had I loved track, and my dream was obviously to become an athlete, because I said if I can't read and write, or even do a basic math, then I might as well become an athlete and have this mind of becoming an athlete. So, you know, it's anyone with a learning disability. We're very creative. We can be creative in our writing. We can be creative outside of the writing world. We can be creative in physics. So between grades four and eight, it was the struggle of being able to fit in, being able to be likable. It was the struggle to actually do well in math. It was a struggle to write. It was a struggle to read. Um, I was given books that we had to do for assignments. I forgot what is that assignment called where you read the book and then you have to write what it is. Um, and I just couldn't do it. History class, I enjoyed it because it was the same teacher my brother had and he was very enthusiastic about history. And I just enjoyed it so much. Um, but, you know, at that time, at that age, you're just like, am I giving up? Because what else can I look for? yeah, I can draw, I can do this, I can become that, I can play sports. But if you can't write or you can't really read properly at a certain level, then what do you have? You have nothing. And it was definitely a struggle. And then you start to realize who are your true friends are. And um, there was a lot of like, oh, you know, a group of us that were in that class were being made fun of. And, you know, pointed fingers like, oh, they're just special ed people. They don't know anything. And it's unfortunate because, like I said in the previous episode, it does happen. I didn't get any more reassessments um, during grade seven. Grade four and five and six was just finding my niche and trying to get by through math, reading and writing. What did I suffer? Not being accepted some of your peers making fun of you because you're in these special ed classes which is the usual thing that happens probably nowadays still who knows not having that ability to kind of say oh my god I read this whole book and I knew what was the story about you know reading a book at that age was like I would read a book and not even picture what's happening in my mind about the book. It's like I would just be reading words and not picturing it in my mind what's happening. That was the biggest struggle. The biggest, biggest struggle. It sucks to read a book and not even picture what is happening in your mind. Because normally when we read a book, you can read it out and picture it what is happening you can paint that picture of the book you're reading and I couldn't do it assignments was pretty good because you had the open book because that's what we're accustomed to in these special ed classes was just open book and you know the quizzes and all that stuff but the reading part is what got to me and trying to remember memorizing mathematical equations trying to memorize what is algebra what is fractions and this and that that's all i remember from those that time anyway but i couldn't remember anything and the crazy part was i remember writing something out 
and I don't know if I was at that time I was thinking maybe I'm getting worse like I don't know what's happening to me I remember writing something out like and I do this till this day this is a bad thing that happens all the time so if you were to tell me on the paper it says one two three unfortunately my mind I see it as one two and three in my mind it could be one three and four or one eight and six it it's just it's something that happens to this day and it's like i don't have that mind connection through visual of what i'm seeing to make sure of what i'm seeing it it's funny like today i wrote 3504 sorry i see on a piece of paper 3504 and i typed in 3304 and that sucked because when you did all these these math tests and stuff you know the answer but your mind is telling you to write something else and if you go over it you're kind of like okay this that's right because you're not think of it because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do these assignments and quizzes and you know we try to do the best we can and that's what sucked even words i couldn't pronounciate some of the words because as you got older you start to learn new words more vocabulary you know you start to open up that dictionary more and all that stuff and for me i wasn't processing anything and i felt like i was being held back and held back and held back and nothing was going forward or going forward so what i do focus on sports focus on obviously religion because it was the easiest course I did go to Sunday school still and focus on my creativity and art geography because I enjoyed it but reading a book was most probably the most horrible thing ever it's like reading just the words and not even knowing what is going on if you were to ask me in that page what has happened or what did you read I couldn't tell you and especially at this age where you're doing these book assignments and stuff and group work, you're kind of like the one that's not going to pull the weight. Unless there's a creative side of it, then we can get through it. You know, what can we do? Everyone's got their own, um, you know, skill sets and you just got to work with anyone, right? But the worst part of that, my experience was reading a book and Ask me till this day, am I able to picture what I'm reading? No, it's a hit or miss. I read the Rhonda Rousey book because I'm like, okay, it's an interest. And then halfway through the book, it was just a blur. And I had to read it again to really understand what happened in the book. And it's been like that in my high school years and my college years and sometimes to this day. And it's it's like... Your mind is too, like, it's too much, too much is happening in there. In this brain of mine, there's so much that's happening. So when you start reading a book, that thing that you were thinking of just two minutes ago is being pushed back, but it's still going. And then let's say you got some people talking, then now you're trying to read this book. You're thinking of what you were thinking two minutes ago, and then you're trying to eavesdrop of what's happening beside you. Like... Our minds cannot focus. It's, you know, it's all over the place. And that's what people don't understand. And it sucks because for me to focus on that book, it's it's going to be a long time. So 
it's great to see people who finish books in like two days, three weeks, and a week, less than a month. Great. But for me, a book will probably take me almost a year. Just for you guys to understand, at this point of my life that I'm sharing from grades four to eight, the part of it is reading. You have this scatterbrain. Like, I'm going to say it's because it's a scatterbrain. My brain is a scatterbrain. It jumps to one thing, to another, to another, to another, to another. What's crazy, I can be having a conversation with my parents, and it happens to this day. Be having, like, a conversation. Then I hear one lady talking to her daughter husband and wife chit-chatting and I'm hearing both conversations and words are just coming out of my mouth and then my mom's just after a while my mom's just like I have no idea what you just said I don't think it was even relevant to the situation and then my mind has to work two times harder to kind of like let's get the mother-daughter out of my head (laughs) let's get the couple out of my head and then focus on the conversation that I'm having and that's that's just life. That's the life that I go through. And that's my process of thinking. And a lot of people don't understand it. And this is how my mind thinks. And I'm sure there's other people out there, even children, going through the same process of our, how our mind works. Grade 8s, grade 8s, grade 8s. Holy macaroni. Grade 8s. The last year of elementary school, it was a long road. We moved from the city that I grew up in for 13 years, and we ended up moving to a different city. And I was very emotional because, you know, you build friends that you become so close with, and all of a sudden that's it, done. (laughs) Um, Started grade eight in a new school, new subdivision, new friends. And some of my closest friends are still with me till this day. And I'm so thankful for them because they have accepted me for who I am. And at the time in grade eight, I was still sent down to these special ed classes. I felt like there was some sort of an improvement of their system. There was some improvement of help, but not 100%, but it was still slowly getting there. I, who knows, maybe that school board had more resources, more money to spend. But I felt somewhat a lot more helpful in a way of teaching me grammar and how to write proper paragraphs. And, you know, that's what I really remember. But I kept on with my athlete mode and signed up to every single sport because I wanted to be that person. I wanted to win that trophy at the end of the year of athlete of the year. And I just put that into action. You know, sports was like my way of being good at something that wouldn't affect me uh, mentally, even though the other half was. It was just something to escape from all of that and be good at something else that I was good at. Geography was still something that I enjoyed. Um, Art classes, I felt like my creativity for art just kept improving and improving. You know, and I kind of stuck with that. Um, what else can I say? Yeah, you still have your jocks and jerks that um, I believe in karma. So who knows where their karma, when they got their karma. <laughs> but, you know, you still got those jerks that are like, oh, you're special, you're special, and you're stupid and all that nonsense. But I had to really 
focus on obviously on other things um but what can i say it was grade eight you just had to enjoy what you had because you knew you were going into high school you know it's the last year of slacking off and getting into into more complicated challenging things because that's what mattered the most to getting into college and that's where the time where you're just thinking what do i want to do with my life what do i want to do what do i want to accomplish what is it that i want to do in the future i went from becoming a wanting to become a police officer to um a disc jockey because i loved music i loved listening to music and my brother doing um disc jockey mixing songs and everything i was just like i just want to become one too because i was so intrigued by music and i loved it um i went from that to going back to becoming a police officer and then maybe i just want to become an architect that's what i want to be an architect. I used to see drawings all the time at my house. I used to see my dad being so creative and, you know, reading all these construction books and all that stuff. And it was very inspiring. So that was the time where I was just like, hey, if I can't be an athlete and play in a different country, then I'll just become an architect, get a scholarship, and then become an athlete. I was so into sports and that's what I wanted. And once again, reading that book couldn't do it but it was something that i had to accept if i couldn't read a book then let me listen to a book and follow along i know the libraries had that but not enough books would become an audio until now now there's like a whole library of audio but for me it's at the time there wasn't enough couldn't read a book still math eh, got by when i could grammar don't even think about it Coming to terms and accepting who you are, especially at that age, just becomes so difficult. I feel like I still struggle with it today, but at that time, it's like, oh man, you know what? It's like, this is who I am. I'm not an A student. I'm not grasping this information, but the only thing I can look forward to is getting that Athlete of the Year award, and I did. And now that I think back, with all the amount of time that I put into practices and analyzing the game and how to become better, I should have put that time towards English, but I didn't because at the time I was just like, you know what? I love these sports. I love how I'm always winning the game and I have such a great team and I just want to push forward and become better. And that's what I have to accept. I have to accept who I am and just move forward. My mom always said, never give up. Just never give up. Don't ever give up and don't ever tell, don't ever let someone tell you you can't do it because it's all up to you and how you choose to do it and when you do it. And if it's, you're going to be like that tortoise in the hair, you take it slow. Take it slow. What I can say to help Ways to help. Once again, communicate with your child. See what they're up to. See what they're going through. Have that honest communication. 
I remember just venting and crying to my parents because I couldn't do it. Like, I was just like a sore loser. Ask them if it's okay to help with their homework and continue on with that pattern because it, I wish my mom was able to review my my assignments that I had to write out because maybe it would have been a lot easier. And hopefully your child can open up because that's another tricky thing. Did I really open up much? Not really. I kept all the horrible things in my mind and just told them what I was going through school and the assignments that I couldn't do. And I'm sucking at all every subject out there, you know, but hopefully they can open up. Um, don't ever stop them from being creative. And that's the one thing I liked that my parents let me do. They allowed me to be creative in my own way. They allowed me to be that athlete that I craved and was motivated to become. And don't let them ever stop expressing themselves. Like I, like I said before, just let them be who they are. I know my parents, very tough love and they allow me to fail, but they were always very supportive no matter what. They were excited what the future was going to be in store for me, but having that faith and that positivity was going to get me through it. So hopefully your child can open up and express their feelings because having that parent-child communication is probably one of the greatest gifts ever in order to help them succeed in life and get them through those tough challenges and those tough times. But that was my grade eight year. And from grade four to eight, much improvement, just a little bit, not much. But you know what? When I get into high school in the next upcoming episode, it's a whole new world. For all those parents out there having a child with a learning disability in high school, wow. If I could have dropped out, I would have. Let's put it that way. Because of all my creativeness and the ability to actually start working, my mind changed everything. But there's some kids out there that are great in school and can succeed. It's all on you. But keep going. And for all those kids out there who are doubting themselves that high school is a fear I'll be honest, it was my fear. But I've somehow learned how to overcome certain challenges and how people portrayed me as. And you sometimes just got to look at it in a different way. Always focus on your work. Focus on your studies. These are challenges that we're always going to go through. Not just then, it's going to be forever. But we somehow manage to learn to overcome them. And that's the beauty of it. When we start accepting ourselves for who we are, we start to overcome more challenges. So the students out there who are struggling, don't give up. And I, like I said before in my last podcast, it's easier said than done. But I'm telling you, you have so much to look forward and don't give up. Don't think dropping out is a solution to everything. It's not. Because once you drop out and you quit, you're just going to quit at everything else. 
And I hope so far my story has been helping. Helping those who are suffering, who are going through the same phases. And for those parents or caregivers or those social workers, those um, teachers out there. I hope my story can help and try to develop and try to not give up on those students. And those students out there listening, don't give up. Honestly, don't. On Once you hear the whole entire story, I'm telling you, you're going to feel really, really motivated. And that's the goal that I have in mind is to keep you motivated. And those parents keep supporting them. Keep supporting them because there is a unique gift in every child that's upon layers of layers and layers. And that one day, it's just going to come right out and it's just going to blow your mind. and They're going to make you proud. So don't give up. That's it for now. And thanks for listening on a little bit of everything with me. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and like us on Instagram at a little bit of everything with me. Leave a review and a five star rating on our podcast channel and DM me if you have a specific topic, an event that's happening or a service you would like to promote. And let's connect.